Oh my yeah. gosh. Actually, you know, now that I look at it, I can't be a Rottweiler. No, you're a Boston. Bro. I'm not that dark. <laughs> <laughs> I got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down. Cause I got ice in my veins. I talk like a champion, like a champion. I'm so cold blooded. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. I fear nobody. I walk like a champion. What's up, everybody? This is episode 171 of the Saratobi Sports Podcast coming to you live from beautiful Bowen, New York, here at Regrown Recording Studios. Bringing you in, as always, back after a brief vacation. Just stuck in traffic. Just on his damn phone. Just in transition. But most importantly, just a friend, JT. What is up, everybody? And to my right, a man that needs some introduction. The Guyanese God himself, Dijon Mustard. Celine Dijon, if you will. John Moo to everybody. This is the part I like the most. <laughs> this is an unserious podcast. <laughs> Very. And to my far right, so far right, he is in the other room making memes and other funny pictures. The Saratobi sound man himself, the voice from beyond the great beyond, the great Gabagool, Greg Postovich. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Barber, everybody. Got that dog in me. <laughs> that one specifically. He's got that dog in him. I need me to shout out Johnny's workout plan. Oh my goodness. This is this is this is gonna be it's gonna be great. If you haven't noticed, uh we are short one member this of week. The clergy. One member of the clergy. There's a meeting at the Vatican, so gone but never forgotten. Always in our hearts. Yeah. He's not dead, he just ain't here right now. Basically. Yeah. Uh Yo, Mr. Worldwide West will be back with us dead. soon. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Maybe he is. Uh, right now it's tomorrow's a uh, not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. No, it is uh, not promised. So live for today. Live for today, and today we will be talking to you about the Dallas Mavericks yeah. and the. I would say it hasn't been a honeymoon phase. Have you, you guys haven't even gotten? To have a honeymoon phase one and four since the uh, Kyrie Irving acquisition. No, 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 no. It's one and four where they played together. Where they played together. They also yes. won before Luca yes. played. One and four they played together with the sole win coming against the San Antonio Spurs, head coached by Mr. Matt Greg Possovich Barba, um, who just actually happened to break their 16 game losing streak uh, the other night, uh, much to the chagrin of their fan base. But, John, what is happening in Big D? Um, Pause. I, I'm glad that I, I see other people noticing these things and like what is happening I can't give you an answer you know the first game they played together that they lost um, and it came down to a final possession and it was sloppy play and it was a little it was a little too much unselfishness right mm -hmm. where they both had, that was the that was where we got to see our Kyrie our first Kyrie moment mm -hmm. where he went he scored 28 in the fourth damn yeah it was nuts um, I miss uh, I miss those days of on court. I turned. The, I, I literally turned. Like, saw that it was they were down by a lot. Was like maybe I won't go back to watching the game. I'm gonna go take a shower. Let me check the score before I go in the shower. And then it was like the third. I mean, it was the fourth, and it was like a ten point game. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, we're gonna watch the end of this game. Um, 
and you know it was cool to just really see the that Kyrie moment and all of that but um I'm tired of like that being the reason <laughs> that that's the headline not because like listen they should be covering it because we should be winning with Kyrie but like we're not losing because if anything Kyrie is doing Kyrie is giving Luka a chance to rest They're playing really well he's gonna play off ball the issue is how abysmal our defense is the bigger issue is how poorly Jason Kidd has been coaching this year and I've been saying that all year but there is did you watch the Laker game I watched the fourth quarter because I was watching the Nets uh I was watching the Nets Hawks game it was it was a it was so a I good caught, game so I right? caught the fourth quarter of I'd seen that you guys were up because I was still working at the time I'd seen that you guys were up I think it was like 51 to like 23 or something like that mm-hmm. and I was like oh damn well there goes my bet because I had the Lakers in my parlay and then by the time I flipped back after I got off of work and after the Nets game finished when Trey hit the game winner it was the start of the fourth quarter and it was a three-point game I think it was like 81 78 and I'm like oh all right let me just tune into this mm-hmm. um so yeah I I watched the fourth quarter of that I watched a little bit of Pacers Mavs the other night mm-hmm. um but I have yet to watch a full game like from literally start literal start to finish of uh Luca Kyrie that's, that's, so it was a very good game right overall it was a really, really good game mm. right we were up about 20 plus points Ooh. we lost the game for no other reason than poor defense. Mm-hmm. Mind you, credit to the Lakers. They came out, they played really inspired. Jared Vanderbilt, who's a versus Mavs all-star. Versus Mavs all-star, yeah. Um, who, someone who I really wanted on the team and didn't think they would move him. Um, but shit, if they traded Russell, what the fuck we can trade? Like, if we knew we weren't going to re-sign Christian Wood, you tell me we couldn't swing him at the deadline? Anyway. Um, let me just... You know, eight, this is the first game that AD has played against the Mavericks on um, this season. Um, mm-hmm. And we played the Lakers two other times. And both those games, Christian Wood absolutely torched the Lakers. He was barbecued, like, was playing Thomas Bryant off the court. Uh, that's what I was about to say. Like, it had to have been Thomas Bryant. Yeah, and Thomas Bryant isn't a bad center by any means. He's, I don't, I don't he's think an he, offensive center. I think he's a solid center. I, I think do. He, I wanted him on the yeah. Mavs at one point. I think his stock was a little bit elevated because he was playing amongst Braun, but I think no. He, I'm talking. I like him. He was on the Wizards. No, I, I think I like him too. But I think he got a little bit more yeah. like adulation and praise mm-hmm. this season as opposed to like I'm watching him. Like he's doing the same stuff he did, like you said, with the Wizards. Mm-hmm. You know, the occasional top of the key three. Yep. He's gonna grab some rebounds, but it's not, he doesn't do anything. He, yeah. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of a poor man's Bam Adebayo. That's too much credit. Well, well I mean, poor. I mean, how poor? He's he, like. <laughs> Disrespectful to Bam, and I but like Bam Thomas is really. Bryant. But I'm saying he's, he's really. Bam's really good. He's a poor. He's he is just an offensive center. Just an offensive. And center. he grabs right. rebounds. Right. Um, so like I could say a poor man's Brook Lopez. No, Brook Lopez plays defense. Brooke, Brooke now Lopez. he does. Now he does. Over the past, I would say the, the yeah, past since like he's been on the Bucks. I was even with the when he was with the Lakers. But um, he was doing a little bit of that. Anyway, yeah. Back to the Mavericks. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. What cards is Dwight Powell holding to be getting the minutes this man is getting? Got the photographs, John. There the- <laughs> is no reason. And I'm glad and I sometimes I feel like I'm shouting into the void, but I know other people feel this way. Yeah. There's no reason for one, him to even be playing, period, mm. be on the court. Two, for him to be getting the minutes he's getting. 
in this game, right? And we're playing against a team that actually runs actual big men. This the I'm talking about the Lakers. The Lakers game. Okay. I didn't get to go into. I saw highlights of the Pacers game, and I saw the fact that it came down to a final shot, and Luca was hot, mm-hmm. and brought them all the way back, and they had Kyrie take the last shot, mm-hmm. which I don't mind if Luca is not open, mm-hmm. but they had him try and create in a little amount of time, ended up shooting a contested three, missed yeah. pretty badly, instead of the hot hand at that point. I think that's the the perk of having someone is if your star isn't hot, you have another person, who, you know, the yeah. other one who you can just trade off. Anyway. And he does this consistently. I don't know if he thinks the small ball thing's going to work and teams that play big. Yeah, Christian Wood. Yeah, motherfucking JaVale McGee. If you're going to play against a team that actually runs real big men. Right? And this is not a recur- This is not a new thing. Dwight Powell can't rebound the damn ball in the NBA. I don't care if he averaged 20 rebounds a game for Team Canada. This man could not rebound the ball in the NBA at his large stature. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him up close. We have. He's a large man. He's a large human being. Wasteman. <laughs> That's what he is. So, right? Dwight Powell got 27 points. 27, sorry. 27 oh, 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 minutes. I was like, whoa, hold on a second. Never that. How never are we that. slandering this man? Yeah, 27 minutes. 27 right? minutes, okay. In that time. Yes. Six points. Oof. Six rebounds. Oh, no. Starting center. Oh, boy. Right? Six rebounds. Lucky. A starting center that averages four rebounds. That's not good. Right? I don't know how it was only a minus 14 was his plus minus. Wait, question really quick before. Yep. Um, so do you, does Wood starts for you? No. He oh, fucking so does it. That's the issue. That is the issue. Oh, uh, yeah. This is they, a, I, so I, mind I, you, and, and it doesn't make any sense because he wasn't starting. We're going to use him as a six-man role, whatever. Mm. Dwight's hurt. This man was frying when he was starting, putting up ridiculous numbers. Mm. But mind you, even in his limited role, still gets more rebounds. Mm-hmm. Then Dwight Powell. So, so what, in what this was, game, what was Woods' numbers? In this game, he played 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. He had nine rebounds. Interesting. 14 points, nine rebounds. 20 yeah. minutes. Interesting. Right? Why is he only playing 20 minutes? Why is Dwight Powell playing 27 minutes? So not only can Dwight Powell not guard anyone, mm-hmm. he's a waste man offensively. Mm-hmm. He's not grabbing any rebounds. You know how many rebounds Jared Vanderbilt and Anthony Davis had? I know Vanderbilt had like 14, right? No. Jared Vanderbilt has 17 rebounds. Good Lord. Anthony Davis had 15 rebounds. Oh, no. What are we doing? Why Why are we leaving Dwight Powell in? That is uh, not what you want. Like, wh- there is, like, talk about absolute, like, that. Why is Frank Nilakina? did anyone not tell him the trade deadline passed? We can't uh, build value on these players anymore? Damn, Clank's getting run. It's crazy. What is, especially the fact that Jaden Hardy's been coming off the bench putting up points. So what are we doing? What is what does Dwight Powell have? Jason Kidd's co- coaching has been questionable all year. Doesn't call timeouts. Lets them die. Clearly isn't motivating anyone in the locker room. And now I don't want to sit here and be like, now that our Kyrie era is most likely, it's feeling like it's going to be defined by poor decision making on Jason Kidd, putting us in shitty situations and not being able to coach our team to get their shit together. And then at the press conference after is, the team needs to grow up. I can't be the savior. Kidd said that? He literally, yeah, he's, the team needs to mature. They, they got to grow up. Yes, the team needs to mature. They got to grow up. No one's asking you to be the savior. We have Luka Doncic. <laughs> no one's asking you for all of that, but we're asking you to coach the fucking basketball team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely abysmal. It is an embarrassment right now. And and then, so that's a blown lead, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get the Pacers game, which I don't think was wire to wire, but we're getting cooked. Let's see. But again, it's the Pacers. How many rebounds do you think Dwight Powell got? Against the Pacers. Oh, thank God he only played 12 minutes because Maxi was back. 
So again, Christian Wood. I'm gonna go four. under. Four rebounds. Got three rebounds. Ooh, that's not good. Twelve minutes. Not terrible. Not terrible. Not terrible in twelve minutes. Still. But again, Maxi's back, and you play him twenty-four minutes. Play Christian Wood eighteen minutes. Who in those eighteen minutes, twelve point six rebounds. He is productive, and we're not gonna sit here and try to. I don't know if Jason Kidd is still stuck in this narrative. He's not playing defense. When he was starting, this man was average, like in his was averaging the most like top five blocks in the league when he was starting during that span. Mm-hmm. So it's ridiculous that Christian Wood and now we're definitely not gonna fucking keep him. Yeah, it looks like there's no way. Looks like unless we fire out. Jason Kidd, which isn't gonna happen because it's the second year. Mm-hmm. Like, what? This man is just immune to fucking success. Like, he sits here and he goes, all right, we did it once. We're good. We don't need to continue to compete. We don't need to build on anything. And I said this before. It seems like he went, all right, guys, it works last year. It'll work again, right? We don't need to make any adjustments. <laughs> this is absolute bullshit, and it's so frustrating because it just, it's like I'm getting it on both sides, except for in football, it's not necessarily the fucking, you know, the coach's fault. But, like, this, this is ridiculous. Like it, it, it's. I don't know if I just got PTSD from fucking Greg Roman, but like we're just wasting Luca. Now we get Kyrie who isn't resigned, so now we're most likely gonna waste this. And and what is the hope that we can still keep decent playoff seating? So, because in a playoff series, dealing with Luca and Kyrie, and you know they're gonna step it up and do whatever. That's gonna be rough. That's gonna be rough for anyone, right? You got two players that can take over. And can that that have the ability to win a series themselves, right? And that's all well and good, mm-hmm. but it's looking like we're gonna get to the fucking bottom, and then what? And then like we're gonna have the rest of the team just be absolutely loose, useless again? Like we're not actually building on anything, and it's just so damn frustrating. I, I hate it. And sure, if we're gonna sit here, like I don't want to play struggle Olympics or anything like that with you, but it's just like one of those things that like, fuck, man. Nice. Like we're, we're just wasting our talent here. Benjamin like we were wasting it. We're we're sitting here doing these things. We're like, oh man, we want to create a situation where like players want to come. We got a player like Christian Wood who's very good, useful, and I assume is respected around the league for what he can do. We got enough to get a player like Kyrie in a trade. Maybe we're maybe we're we're building something somewhere. And then you want to basically have fucking Jason Kidd going back to regressing in his coaching, regressing in everything else, and literally limiting our team. So now Maxie's back, and it's probably going to go back to the shit that wasn't working before. So I don't know. The hope is Maxie's back, and Dwight Powell sits on the bench for the rest of eternity. But this man does not deserve to be on the court. Give me whatever JaVale McGee's giving me, because at least I know JaVale McGee's going to fucking box someone out. JaVale McGee. It's ridiculous, man. There's no reason Frank Nielakina should be playing... There's no reason Dwight Powell should be getting the minutes he's getting. Like, I'm glad they didn't fucking... I think they, they, they got rid of McKinley Wright, which no hate on him, but, like, it's not what we fucking need right now. And mind you, of course, players got to play better. That's that's a given. Mm-hmm. But, like, I am i don't want to see, like, Jaden Hardy not get minutes. Especially when Tim Hardaway Jr., like, mind you, we're saying that Reggie Bullock got some decent level of consistency again. Like, the motherfuckers are stinging him up. You have no reason not to. But he's just, it's like he sat here and went, what would Rick Carlisle do? This season, he went, what would Rick Carlisle do? And Rick Carlisle's living his best life in Indiana, doing things that he never really did before. He gets to, he gets, he gets to like, strategize and, and tinker with, 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 with a bunch Halliburton of Halliburton and, yeah. and 
and Benedict Matherin and all them boys. It's like, damn, like, you got, you got it, it's, a sense of freedom over there. Like, not a care in the world because there's no expectations. All right. Um, well, that, that, I just had to get it off. Oh, the other thing yes. I, I wanted to talk about was Damian Lillard. Dame Lillard. Damian Lillard. Dame time. Shout out Dame Lillard. Mm-hmm. And you guys know, and if you listen, you know how much love I got for Dame. That is my guy. It's almost scary at this point. That is, listen, he's one of my favorite players in the league. I'm hoping that next year we can go to the to to Nets Blazers together because they already came this year. We missed it. Yeah, we're going to have to talk offline about what's happening next year for the Nets. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I just don't understand. Um, the level of disrespect he gets, and I feel like this man put up a 70. I, I watched the, the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat here, like, not, not the entire fourth, but, like, I at least got to watch the end of the game mm-hmm. um, and to see him hit 72 and hit those last couple shots and stuff like that. And it's it's one that I was like, you know what? When he was in the 60s, I was like, I don't know how, you know, we, we don't know when we're going to see something like this again, especially for one of my favorite players in the league. Um, and it has been, you know, it's pretty much he's been in the league. Um, it, it was really cool. And like, I feel like that was a big moment to get people to start appreciating the greatness that we see from Dame because, and I, it was an interview on uh, Evan Turner's podcast. Like I've been seeing clips from it and where he says, he was like, I genuinely think I'm the best shooter behind stuff. And Dame, Dame said that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> damn well, it wasn't Evan Turner. That's um, what I was. That's what I was like. No, because Evan Turner sent out a funny tweet. Oh yeah. In the oh, night, the Jason and, Tatum, and Tatum, Tatum replied. So that's why yeah. I was like, all right. Um, but like, he's if you think about, it, he's right, and I always make the case where there's not a single shot that Steph Curry makes that Dame can't. There's not. That's true. And you can Anything go look would, at it. Yeah. It, and and the range, difference, and and he says it too, where he was like. Steph does a lot more off the ball. Dame doesn't have that luxury, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and he's like, if you look at it, all those other people that you talk about being the best shooters, he's like, they're not taking shots nearly as difficult as me. None of them are really shooting off the dribble like me. After Steph, he was like, none of them are shooting off the dribble like me. None of them are taking the contested threes that I'm taking. And it is very true. I would say it's a very small list of guys that actually shoot the ball consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, 30 plus feet from the basket like like yeah you might get one or two a game from somebody you know i have seen i've seen Kyrie do a heat check from like 30 feet yeah but even if we're talking not even just the distance like even if we're talking about when we sit here and think about ray allen as a shooter oh he was always toe toe on the line and always toe on the line and when we thought of him as a shooter right like his game was more well-rounded on the bucks Mm, right yes when we think of him on the celtics is when we start to think of him as more of a shooter i would say i would say Supersonics, yeah. Supersonics is when I was like, oh, was, like I knew him as Ray Allen the shooter, and then mm-hmm. when he went to the Celtics, it was like, oh yeah, this is Ray Allen. That's the, fair. That's he's fair. He's just coming off picks, but in he the was, corner. but he was on the shooter, and that's mostly what it, what it was, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it was either catch and shoot, or like coming off a pick or something like that. Yep. Right. Dame's not doing that. Dame's shooting off the dribble almost all the time. Yep. Contested from crazy range and all that. Side step, step back. Yeah, like, I'm just saying y'all need to really like. To me, if you don't give Dame the respect you deserve, you're an absolute casual. And, like, when people get these reactions, like, these are, oh, what do you mean? Like, all these things. And it's like, um, I saw another podcast where someone was talking about, like, the run that Dame was on. He was like, Dame, at this point, 
is like for the stretch that he had in like January, February, he was like the best point guard in the NBA at the time. And someone's like, what about Steph? It's like a man in play. He's been fucking hurt. Stop trying to bring up Steph. That's true. Steph like, has stop, had two, di- stop. What is two injuries. He had the shoulder. Now he's had, he's about to come back from the knee, but he's been out a good portion of this new I calendar I don't understand year. what comparing Dame to Steph does. Because people Except always just, need... Because yeah, in this day agreed. and age, we, everybody needs like, a comparison. Yeah. To, it just seems like they're just trying to take away his greatness when they're... One, not only are they in completely different situations, they like... I'm not going to say they have different roles, but they definitely have to do different things. They do. And this man is doing it at an elite level. Like, I saw the thing where it was like, I think his um his points, like over on his points was starting at it was starting at like 30, and a half. Yeah. No, funny story about that. So my brother, you know, does 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 some sports betting as well, but he likes to do like those big like lottery type parlays. And he's he's hit like a few, like a dollar for like two hundred dollars. Sunday, Sunday was the uh seventy one point seventy two point game, right? It was like Sunday. Might have been. All right, so he's like, "Yo, like, what should I put in my parlay?" Things like that. I'm like, "Eh, you know, I don't know." Like, all right, let, who who are the Blazers playing? The Rockets. I'm like, "All right, well, Dame's at thirty seven and a half. Rockets are are basically tanking the season, so all right, it might be a blowout. You know, Dame may not even play the fourth quarter. Like he, like they may run away with this. Thirty seven and a half. That's a lot. Like he's gonna have to actually go crazy. Bro, he averaged forty we took the, since January. We, I told him to take the under. Dog, the over hit by halftime. I'm like, you know what? You just gotta ch- look, bro. You gotta chalk that up. <laughs> like, it's we're literally like we're literally watching something that we really don't see it, often. It's, it's really given like Dirk level of he's just like we're seeing talk where he was like it's like people just don't want to see him win because of the style of playing the comparisons and all that shit. And we're just saying loyalty to a fault. Like we talk about all the time, free Dame from Dame. But like it, it is a thing, and he's that's why he's like I better hope I never win for the Blazers. But he was like at the end of the day, like. If I'm on the court, I'm not thinking of it as a tanking season. I'm going to do everything in my power to make us competitive. And you got to admire that. And it's it's tough where it's like you don't really get an organ. Like, if that's what you're thinking, why in the world would you trade away Josh Hart? Like, you know, after you traded to get him and all those things, right? So it's like if you want to be competitive, like, it, it, it doesn't make sense at that point. Like, and, and it's just tough to see, like, a player like that who, like, He's top 10 in threes all time. Yes, sir. Like, he's the Blazers who had Clyde Drexler. He's their all-time leading scorer. He has, like, he's done things that only the elite of the elite have done. Mm -hmm. And it's like he just still doesn't get the recognition. And mind you, don't get me wrong, the Blazers have been rough the past few years. But there's times where the Blazers were also really good, and it feels like he wasn't getting the recognition. They were in the Western Conference Finals with Dud. The last year of uh, KD and Golden State. Yeah. They're in the West Conference Finals. So, and they were up. I remember those games where we're sitting there like, yeah, like they honestly blew games one and two because they had double-digit mm-hmm. leads in the second half. And, you know. And just, who was his second best player? CJ McCollum? CJ McCollum. And CJ McCollum is a great role player. Don't get me wrong. We love we love, we we love love CJ. We yeah, love Jaleel we love, White. We love CJ. Fucking, I'm, I, I say I'm trying Jennifer very often. Oh, oh, oh in, I have that saved on my phone yeah. and everything. Um, But... CJ's not the level of support that other people have gotten. Not the level of support and, of play at the time. Yeah, and I think that the RDC skit, um, RDC World skit was great and oh, actually got cool. mentioned oh. on that Blazers podcast. I heard about I mean, that. On the, on the broadcast. I, when I tune in, he was like, if they're not talking, and this is before, he was like, if they're not going to talk about this tomorrow, then he was like, Supreme Dream's got to drop another thing. Um, And it, it's real, man, where it's like, Dame is doing shit like this, and I think it's, 
you know, I bring up the empty stat thing on bad teams all the time, but like Dame was doing shit like this on a good team too. Like it's right now he's being forced to do more, but he's already proven he is not an empty stat king. Even if the empty stats, like there's a lot of, I say there's a lot of bad teams, but there's quite a few teams that are yeah. bad and you don't see guys put up this amount of yeah. this amount so of I'm, don't And it's not me. even like he's just chucking. Like his efficiency in that game was still pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, I to your point, I think it's the case of we've we've tied so much of a player's worth to team success, which is not fair because mm-hmm. again, it's a team. He's just one man of fifteen. It takes it's a team effort. Right. Uh, but we've gotten so used to like, especially with this ring culture of like, all right, you're not you're only worth as much as you've done, like championship winning wise or getting to the playoffs wise. And, you know, what? comparison is a thief of joy. If you're always going to mm-hmm. compare Dame to Steph or Dame to Kyrie, it's like, all right, well, like you're you're not allowing yourself to enjoy what you're witnessing. Right. And I think to your point, like, yeah, a casual fan is going to have this. And he's opinion. been more durable than both of them, too. He has been. Um you know, I feel like the, a casual fan won't appreciate. I feel like it takes somebody that's played basketball at a pretty competitive level at some point to really appreciate what Dame is doing because he makes basketball look easy. And a lot of these guys in the NBA look, make basketball look very, very easy. Basketball is not that easy mm-hmm. when you really think about it. When you have other guys that are six foot, the average height in the NBA is like six foot six, right? Everybody's athletic. For the most part, everybody has long arms. Everybody can jump, but not everybody can shoot from 35 feet out and make it consistently. Right. Like those shots he was taking in the the all-star game from half court. Yeah. Like, all right. Obviously, he was bullshitting because like everybody was starting Mm -hmm. to take half court shots. But like he takes two or three steps in. Those are the shots he's taking in regular games and he's making it like like how many other people outside of Stephen Curry really have that luxury of being able to shoot where their coach isn't going to pull them. Like, why would you take that shot? Like that's a bad shot for 99.9% of the league. Dame can make those shots and so yeah I agree like it's you know at the end of his career like he won't be as you know his accolades won't be as as much as like some other of his peers but like dude they're you more gotta appreciate than a lot of what, his peers you gotta appreciate what he's doing they're more than like even if you just go on like straight numbers like that he has better numbers than Ky- like stats like all time what I'm saying like Kyrie. the accolades in terms of like the like the yeah. team the, like the team, team accolades. The team accolades. Like, like even like individual the first team, awards are. Team things, yeah. He's gotten those. And he, I remember he was first team a couple years ago and people were like, what the fuck? Damian Lillard? And it's like, yeah, yeah go check the fucking tape. He yeah. deserved to be first team. Yeah. And he's doing all of those things. And it really like, it reminds me of like, no one talked about Dirk's greatness until he got the ring. They never talk about you until they, uh, till, what is it? Until, what's the thing? Until, like, you're until you're gone. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's one of those that like a lot of times you don't appreciate greatness until they retire. Yeah. But like, at least Dirk, they started to do it, but they did it when he got the ring. They didn't talk about the MVP. They didn't talk about other stuff, like, even when he was at that point. It was just, like, once he got the ring, then it was like, oh, shit, you know, he was pretty fucking good. And then he he was able to, like, at least garner that respect throughout the rest of his career from that point. But, like, it feels like Dame, it's a shame to say, like, yeah, if Dame could have went to fucking L.A., oh, my God, if Dame and LeBron teamed up. Yeah. But then it's but like, like it, but would, but would that take away from maybe some of like what makes no? Because at this point they're both over the age of thirty. Wait, so you're, oh, 30, you're saying like 32, in, the, the, in, in the past, like what? Uh, yeah, recently. Oh, okay. Even oh, if recently, it was this recently. fucking year, mm. right? But um, it's it's one of those things that like Dame. It doesn't seem like he's gonna have the luxury is a bad term. He's gonna have the opportunity to um force people to pay attention by winning a ring. 
or like ha- getting people to pay attention mm-hmm. because he does some giant team accolade like that. He's not going to win an MVP at this point in his career because his team isn't that good, right? It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I I think you can make a case for sure. I think for most season you can make a case for Dame, um, but it seems like he's literally like I'm going to do everything I fucking can to like pull that recognition out of people because when you look at the numbers when you look at the performance when you look at the way he's playing is to me everything it's giving that level of greatness but because there isn't this big team moment to recognize it he's not getting it and he's like i'm gonna fucking do it regardless and y'all are gonna pay attention to me bro and you know it's also a victim of uh just where he happens to play you yeah. plays, in, plays in portland like i'm not uh, don't get me wrong i love the nba but i'm not staying up to 11 30 12 12 30 to watch a portland versus you know phoenix suns game like unless it's on even if it's on national tv i may not even like tune in for the full game you know so you know it hurts him being in a smaller market um you know you know yeah obviously you can be a big time star in a small market right we saw what happened in okc with russell westbrook and and kevin durant Giannis in milwaukee right like it it, you can like it, it can happen but you know it it does, like I like I said earlier, comparison is the for joy, and we're not going to really appreciate him until he's gone. And you know, it, it it's weird because he's doing exactly what people criticize other stars for for I guess not doing, which is staying to a team, right? And like you said, we make the and jokes. Even we make, when the shit don't matter, yeah, like we make the jokes of like free Dame, but it's like yeah, like he said, you know, some sometimes it does. Like every time, everybody keeps asking, like, oh, why aren't you leaving? He says the loyalty deal. Like, All right, like we get it, mm-hmm. right? That could get a little annoying sometimes. But you and the team not helping. But like at the same time, it's like, all right, like he's there. He shows up to work. Yeah. You know, as much as any superstar, at least the more adorable ones, never really hear him complaining about anything. Like he's not forcing management's hand. Maybe he should you know, maybe he should have a higher stake in own not in ownership in 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 in, in I mean, he gave, he gave them a list, I think, a year or two ago, and and, and, they, and they, they didn't match it at all. It. So yeah. it's like, what else can you do if you're if you're at the if you're at the mercy of your GM and, and ownership group? I, what else can you do aside from show up? Mm-hmm. You know, like he's not going to force his way out like other superstars have. He's not going to ruffle feathers. You never see him in, you know, poor headlines. You know, you might drop a a, a rap tape, you know, rap album every once Game in a while. Actually, rap though. Did you hear the freestyle on the on the plane? When they were stuck on the uh, runway, I just I just heard the um, the fucking Gilbert Arenas bar. Oh, like, only that? Oh, yeah, but like Dame can actually rap. If you guys didn't know, like you said we got shooters in the locker room. Like Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. <laughs> nah, people. I love like it's it's fun. You can always make a joke about it, but like Dame's actually been like actual artist stuff, and like Dame can rap. It's it's just funny because every I think for like the past like three years he's had a song in two K. Like one of his songs, and like I think one of the like one of the the two K things, like you know how they do like this weird like story mode where mm-hmm. like you just do everything but basketball. I think he's you're in the studio with Dame making a track. Nah, like it's just oh maybe a recent one, but it yeah, like it had to be like one of like the like yeah, the more the recent ones. Right. Like yeah, he had, he recently was um featured on the um Tobey and Wigwe track, uh, well album. I mean he know Ice Spice, but you know he he, he solid he solid. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's uh, you know, like, yeah, no, I feel like Dame is definitely gonna be one of those guys we're gonna look back and like, damn, like, he was really cold and we didn't give him the flowers, you mm-hmm. know, he deserved. And uh, it's like it, it's gonna be to the point where like how like younger generations doesn't understand how good Charles Barkley was. Like 
I mean, just don't understand a lot of like, how bro, good a lot of people. Damian were. Lillard has more sixty-point games than Steph, LeBron, Shaq, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, Bill Russell, and Kevin Durant combined. Right? The only players with five or more sixty-point games are him, Wilt, and Kobe. That's it. Yes, sir. The players with fifteen or more fifty-point games all time: Wilt, MJ, Kobe, Harden, Elgin Baylor, and Dame. Yes, sir. Only person, t- only player in NBA history to have a game with sixty points. And 10 three-pointers, and he did it twice. Yes, sir. Like, he, he, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you don't understand the greatness that, like, Dame is and has shown over the course of his career, even from when he came on as a fucking young player, I think it was his rookie year he sent Houston home. Was that buzzer beater? Oh, the one from the, uh, from from the, the, one from the left uh, corner when he jumped on the uh, table? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was, like, his rookie year. That had to have. I thought that was, wasn't that Harden's like first or second year in Houston? I don't know. All I know is. These guys be getting older like, than I'm old. Jeez. Dame time, bro. Like, it that, bro, that, the fucking Thunder. Which is funny because he always says like that was a bad shot. <laughs> he, he went, I forget where Paul he George said it. Paul George says it. Yeah, no, Paul George said it. Like, that's a bad shot. Like that. But Dame, I think, recently just said like, yeah, looking back on it, that was, that wasn't a good shot at all. But, but I'm like that. But I'm <laughs> like, like that. You know, like, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, shout out, shout, out, shout out to Dame Lillard. He's fun. He's uh, always been a uh, hey. He helped me with my parlay uh, for All Star Weekend. So always, always appreciative of that. You know, yeah, he should and oh, flowers yeah. and, and worst of all, he should have been a net. He should have been a net. See, but y'all don't know about that because y'all don't know why y'all y'all don't, y'all don't watch basketball. So it's okay. Y'all y'all haven't been a, y'all y'all haven't been a fan of this league for a while. It's okay. Dame should have been a net. So should Jalen Brown. So should Draymond Green. And Kyle Kuzma, but I don't think the Draymond Green one because I don't think Draymond Green would have got drafted there if he didn't get drafted by that organization. But that was our it was our draft pick though. Yeah, nah, we would have had Draymond. Nah, we would have drafted Draymond. Not at, not at that time, but still, that's what I'm saying. You but still, have him at we could have had him. Hypothetically speaking, could've. we could have had him. Could have had a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, oh, I hate it here, but you know it is what it is. Shout out Dame. Uh, but you know what's weird about say, it? You got anything? Or you want to talk about Avengers? Oh no, I, I I need to I need to get some stuff off my chest. Oh, yeah, 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 go ahead. But I will say this though, it is interesting. Speaking of the devil, they're playing right now. Well, they, they already uh, lost. Blazers. Oh, Blazers. Um, what's interesting to me? We had we really had we really had two seventy point games this year, mm-hmm. and I feel like the aura aura around it wasn't that big. Is it because it was done by two guys in small markets? Yes. <laughs> like that's exactly why. Like Spider had seventy, and it, I felt like that was only a story for maybe like twelve hours. And then Dame, I honestly didn't think the 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 what do you call it? Honestly, I didn't think the coverage around Dame's seventy point game was, was was that great either. But is it just because they're in small markets, or are we just getting so used to guys putting up these massive point totals? Like we've had multiple guys drop fifty. I think we've had. What at least four guys dropped sixty this year? Um, I think um, I think it's a little bit of both, but I think it's more small market because, like I said, like I hate that Luca was the example, but like I think people who yeah, but Lucas was a triple du- like it was a triple double yeah, comeback yeah, yeah. win like no, that no, was yeah, not just that yeah. one, but I mean like um. The example is an RDC skill. They they did it when like Luca does something regular yeah, or like him, like if he congratulated Dame on having a great fucking game. 
Because like Luca, the real recognized real. Wait, but um, no, nah, it was funny. Isn't the day one he dropped like seventy points and he won? But I won the game. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's like Luca. I, I feel like it's people who are, if you're not in that perennial MVP conversation, they don't give a shit right now. And like I think that it's transcended small market to an extent because I don't think the Nuggets are a big market team. No, and I don't think the Bucks are. No, but it is these perennial MVP candidates or the current MVP candidates at least of if it's not someone who won an MVP already mm-hmm. or Jokic, Tatum, Embiid, Luka, um, LeBron. But again, that he falls in carry someone who won MVP already. If it's not those four people, right, no one gives a shit. The mass media is not covering anyone else because those are the MVP candidates. It's like if it's any, if it's not any of those people, then they're like, all right. You know, outside of Dame, what a perfect example of that would be? Shy Gillis Alexander. Yeah. Because Shy has been absolutely killing it. This yeah, he's averaging not. he's averaging 30 over 30 points a game this year. While also averaging high assist totals. Like, but nobody cares. He's on a, you know, quote unquote rebuilding team, which uh, you know, I don't know what the result of the game. I know it was Lakers Thunder tonight, um, which is Wednesday. The Thunder only a game, I think a half game back of the Lakers. And they're only like Two and a half back of the 10th spot. They are, but they're still they're still they're still a bad team. No, like, I, that's the issue. Like but, Shy is putting up numbers, but they still you know have I mean? a chance to, for the play for, for the play in. Yes. Which you know what? If they have a chance to do that, look, they already don't get me wrong. Like I understand the logic, but they already got enough lottery picks. You got Shy. You got Chet Holmgren coming next season. Uh, uh, P- Puko. No, no, I think they're trying to be competitive. I don't yeah. think they're tanking. And, and they're they're a young they're a young yeah, team. That's just, just trying. They're just a young team they're out here playing cool. hard. I and you know if they can make that push for the the ten the ten mm-hmm. seed, get in playing. Hey, look, they'll be like the Pelicans. I was I was yeah. literally just about to say they'll be just like just maybe maybe you get a chance to knock somebody off. You know in that first mm-hmm. round. You know it's it, it's 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 but yeah like the like like you said the recognition for a lot of guys when they're not playing in either a big market or they're not already in the MVP conversation um, is bad. And I mean, it, it just goes to the NBA media, though. I mean, and, you know, it, it, it's a problem that I've talked about both on the pod, on Twitter, on other people's pods. Like, I think the league does it, or at least the networks do a disservice to the fans of the game um, by only covering certain guys, right? Yes. Like, uh, what do you call it? Like, Tim Legler. Like, you know Tim Legler. Tim Larga is great. I love him. I love his analyst, uh, his, his his analyst takes. That's that's true analyst a- analyst ball. Like he broke down Jokic and how he's so good working out of the high and mid post. How he draws defenders in. How he baits them. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. They be putting him at like the the twelve o'clock Sports Center at midnight. Like, how am I supposed to learn anything about the game of basketball? But prominently at three p.m. That's just not sexy. That's just not sexy. But Malik Andrews at three p.m. Hmm. Is talking basketball. <laughs> I'm not getting caught up. That's not, that's not, <laughs> that, hey, that's not a knock on Malika. But but look, it's 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 literally like the you know they call us the beta male version of the view. That's what NBA what's NBA today or whatever. That's what that is, and what the jump used to be. That's what it is. It's just it's just a bunch of people almost talking about like like a, a soap opera, mm. and that's what the league has become. You only care about certain guys in certain markets, but you're not talking about the league as a whole. And it's kind of like you know you you're depriving your fans of you know, some really, really cool things that are happening in the sport. Um, but you know, it's it's just how it is. It's not it doesn't it doesn't drive revenue. Talking about Shy Gillis Alexander, Dame Lillard, 
non-contenders doesn't drive revenue. But hey, we got to talk about oh, Embiid versus Jokic. You got to talk about oh, what's happening with the Lakers? You know, They're the plummeting. I've been seeing um, Harden going back to Houston being oh, no, he an gone. actual possibility. Oh no, he gone. Yeah, John. He, you see the, uh, the athletic? Uh, I article? saw it. I didn't. I didn't read it yet, bro. It's lengthy, but again, I be I be saying all the time. If it comes from Waj, it's coming from a team. If it comes from Shams, it's coming from the players. And remember, a year ago when the James Harden talk, when he was still on the Nets, started mm-hmm. circulating, who was reporting all that stuff? Shams, right? Shams was. But every time Waj was tweeting it out, it was, oh, Nets aren't interested in trading Harden, et cetera, et cetera. Mind you, Shams was putting it out like, nah, Harden gone. He want to be out. Same shit's happening right now. They say he be... uh Training with all the young guys in Houston. He's, he always talks them up. Hey, bro, what? Glenn Rivers, You, I promise you, if you don't get out the second round this year, he's gone. You got to at least get to the conference finals to even have a chance of him staying. But it's not going to happen because we all know about Glenn Rivers in the playoffs. I was trying to enlighten some of my coworkers today at work. Cause I'm like the NBA guy. Like not, you know, they're all the football, you know, baseball people. You gotta put them I mean, on the pod. I, I'm t- I've I've told him about the pod. I be telling him like, yo, sit, and we got some Sixers fans up in there too. I'm like, yo, you're not going nowhere. If Glenn Rivers as your head coach. Not is going you calling him Glenn Rivers really has me weak, bro. His name is Glenn Rivers. I don't know what to tell you. Mama name him Glenn. I'm gonna call him Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you said I was like, who the fuck is Glenn? Did you not like, know who Glenn Rivers? Is? I was like, here. I, I was like. Is that the fucking GM? And then I realized, <laughs> like, I stopped getting so hung up on Glenn. And then I was and like, remember his yeah. last name was Rivers. And I was like, talk about that Rivers. Yeah, nah. So that is uh, that is it. Do you mind if I get my uh, some 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 vent some net stuff before Ooh, we get yeah, into uh, the uh, Tolman? All right, boom. Nets got blown out by the Knicks tonight, which is Wednesday. Uh, that is four straight losses. This is the second straight loss to the Knicks. I I promise you, I've lived in a world where I don't see my team lose to the Knicks back-to-back times. Uh, I've been spoiled as a Nets fan in this intercity rivalry, even when there was a state-to-state. Uh, we had won 10 straight. Now we have lost two straight. This is a rudderless ship. John talked earlier about the Mavs and, you know, like doing things and making trades without a sense of direction. Well, the Nets have no sense of direction right now. We are a rudderless ship without a captain. We have a terrible owner. We have a terrible GM who is not doing anything to help the situation. Buyout market is coming gone. He has done nothing to even like, you would think that a team, all right, you're going to say, all right, you trade Kyrie, you trade KD. We got back these pieces like Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. Oh, we still have pieces that we could maybe contend for a playoff spot. I'm not seeing that on the court, right? And if you're really serious about, you know, making a run in the playoffs or doing anything in the playoffs, why weren't you not scouring the buyout market, right? Guys like Mo Bamba were definitely available for the low, right? Guy like a Will Barton available for the low. Kevin Love was available. I mean, I think he already had his heart set on on Mm. Miami. But still, you get what I'm saying. You did nothing to improve this team. And yeah, you got a, a good win against the Heat. You got a good win against the Bulls. After that, you have shown nothing but garbage on this floor. Garbage. You have three. Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson are supposed to be lot. John, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. They are supposed to be very, very good to above average to almost elite defenders, correct? Yes. And yet I am seeing an absolute awful display of defense from this team since coming back from the All-Star break. Jock Fong got his contract extension and just forgot how to coach. I don't know what it is. He's not hungry anymore. He don't got that dog in him no more. It's absolutely insane. I just don't understand. 
He's not calling the timely timeouts. The rotations are absolutely a mess right now. Why is Joe Harris and Seth Curry getting minutes? Sean Marks, you should have shipped them off at the deadline. You should have shipped. Seth got one more year yeah, left. If we were gonna do, if we were gonna rebuild, fucking rebuild. If you're it, John, exactly. If you're going to rebuild, rebuild. You cannot dip your toe into a rebuild, especially with no stars. Sell me this bullshit fake bill of goods. And then you're like, all right, no, no, we're actually gonna really gonna tank because that's what I'm seeing right now. The Nets look like a team that is trying to tank. But oh, problem, you don't have your your uh, first round draft pick this year because you got to swap with the Houston Rockets, who are guaranteed lock for the lottery. So why are they swapping, right? You're basically too you're too good at this point. You were 12 games over 500 when you traded Katie and Kyrie, right? You even if you lost every single game for the rest of the year, you still won't finish lower than the Pistons. You won't finish lower than the Horn than the Hornets. You won't finish lower than the Spurs. You won't finish lower than the than the than the Rockets. So what is this all for? And to make matters worse, you don't even have young talent to showcase. You don't. Outside of Cam Thomas, who you're keeping like under wraps for some reason. I don't understand it. If this is the if this is the route the Nets are gonna go, you should have Cam Thomas out there for thirty to thirty five minutes. I don't care because if winning games is not your prerogative any pro, pro, if winning games is not your prerogative anymore, then there's no reason why you should be having Cam Thomas on the bench. Let him make as many mistakes as he wants. He literally we literally saw him put up forty points three straight games. I get it. That's not normal, but so, he has the ability to put up forty points in a game. And then is someone doing that and then not getting burned after that is nuts. You have a guy in Utah Adenabe who was considered one of the best on-the-margin signings up until the KD trade. Now, apparently— I wish we could have got him on, in the trade. Now, apparently, he can't get cracks in the rotation, but you want to keep playing guys like Royce O'Neal, who is not playing up to par as what he did earlier in the season. And, yes, I understand that Kevin Durant covered up a lot of holes. Kevin Durant also opened up the floor for a lot of people, same like Kyrie Irving. But at the same time, you're trying to force feed all these new additions. Like, you literally have, like, do you know how wild it is that the Nets starting lineup has four guys that weren't here at the beginning of February? That, that, that's Spencer did what he. LeBron team shit. No, but the problem is you don't got the luxury of having LeBron James. Because mm. we saw it. We saw that LeBron team when they, when they traded away everybody and they got Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. Mm -hmm. and everybody. And it was like, oh, a brand new team. But look, you have LeBron James to keep it together. You don't got that on the Nets. Who's the leader? Who's the leader on this Nets team right now? It's not Spencer Dinwiddie. He just got here. It can't be Mikhail Bridges. Right? The elder statesman of the team is Joe Harris. Ain't nobody listening to Joe Harris. Not... Claxton is still a little bit immature. I, I love the growth he's taken. To, he's taken this year. He should definitely be tops in Depoy. Jaron Jackson Jr., stop it. Please, like, anybody that, that puts Jaron Jackson Jr. in that kind of conversation, stop. He can't stay on the floor. Doesn't He hasn't played as many games as Claxton. Doesn't, average, doesn't block shots like Claxton. Don't rebound like Claxton. Stop it. I think he had a good case last year. Last year he did. Yeah, then he got hurt. Not this year. Man, it's fouls out all the time. I mean, it's, it's kind of coming I down. I think we're Bam was talking about why he. Well, he definitely should have won at least one of those depoys over Giannis or um, Rudy. I, I talked about that all the time. But like, I'm sure he has a similar. Like, Clax has a similar case to yeah. Bam. The only Bam, other like, person in that conversation with Clax should be Brooke Lopez. And even then, Brooke Lopez doesn't play as much, and his his role isn't as big. Brooke Lopez depoy is nuts. It's nuts, <laughs> but like, he kind of deserves it's it when you nuts. when you watch the games and you look at the metrics. So, again, like, I just I just don't understand it. Edmund Sumner, another guy that can provide you, he can handle the ball. The Nets have absolutely, the Nets have no point guard outside of Spencer Dinwiddie. The Nets have no backup center. 
what I'm supposed to believe, and and we talked about this on the pod, or at least when uh, we talked about the, the the KD part a few weeks ago, and you asked me, do I trust this team? Do I trust this organization to rebuild? How am I supposed to do that when I've been bet we've been begging for a backup center for years now, for years? At the deadline, you didn't get you you didn't even get nothing. When when Claxton goes to the bench, you know who plays center? It's Dorian Finney Smith. It's Cam Johnson. Like, what are we doing here? And don't even talk to me about Ben Simmons. That bum needs to be shipped back back to Australia. I don't care. I don't care. Send him back, po- package, postage, whatever. <laughs> that should be the backup center. Snail mail. And even when he plays the backup center, he's still a bum. Again, this team has no direction. And got to credit Joe Sy. Thank God we lowered our tax bill. Thank God you have a team that you actually want to cheer for, right? John, let me let me, let me let me let you in on some knowledge, right? This man hasn't tweeted about the guy that loves to tweet, Twitter fingers himself, has not tweeted about this team in almost a week and a half now. Gee, I wonder why. Oh, I guess because we're losing, right? Winning is your religion, though, right? If winning is really your religion, why'd you trade away the best chances you had? Why'd you make a, a, a situation more toxic than it did? Again, I know Kyrie Irving had a big hand to play in it, but you as an owner didn't do anything to help. I just, I'm just very disappointed with this team. I'm very disappointed with a bunch of net, with a lot of net fans on Twitter. Um, I also realize that Twitter is not a real place. A lot of these people don't go to the games. They don't spend the money to support this team. You know, everybody has Twitter fingers. Um, A lot of fans also, I just realized, you know, look, they've only been with this team since the move to Brooklyn. I've been with this team literally since the Marbury days. I've known the Nets before they even had Jason Kidd. I was, I knew him before they drafted Kenya Martin. You know, I've seen him go to multiple finals. So I'm, excuse me, I'm not used to seeing this team being so ass because from 2000 to about 2009, up until they traded Jason Kidd, they were a playoff team every single year. Every year, basically. I think maybe one year they didn't make it. Outside of that, they were a playoff team every year. I got used to knowing, okay, my team is going to the playoffs. You're going to be competitive. At least being competitive. All right, then you trade away Kid, you trade away Carter. All right, rebuild time. You get Brooke Lopez. It's like, all right, some lean years, et cetera, et cetera. But at least you had something to build for. You had some, like, promising rookies, et cetera, et cetera. Brooke Lopez should be an all-time net. He is. Like, I mean, he's, the, he's, the, yeah. he's the, the all-time leading scorer. His jersey should be retired. I definitely think that. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get Deron Williams. You're like, all right, you know, like, we got. Yeah, when he should have came to us the first time. You know, and, and uh, you know, you think you have something here. And then, all right, you know. Joe you move, Johnson. You move to Brooklyn. You get the Joe Johnson. All right, you know. At the time, I still wasn't gung-ho about it because you're trading for a bunch of aging stars. But look, at least you were trying to make an effort to be competitive. To be competitive. And then that tanks out. Now it's like, all right, you're kind of sh- teetering along after the Deron Williams and all that stuff. All, all them leave. You're teetering on, on mediocrity, right? It's a lot of two two or three really bad years. And you trade Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. Get D'Angelo Russell. All right, you have that little magical run in 2018, 2019 when you finished two games over 500, by the way. Mm-hmm. Everybody forgets that. Everybody forgets the eight-game losing streak in, in January. Everybody forgets that the, the talks of like, oh, we're going back to the lottery. You went, you steal a playoff game against Philly. All right, cool. You're building something. Now the KD and Kyrie come. And then obviously, obviously you guys know what the hell happens after that. But it's just, I, I'm i very at a loss as to the direction of this franchise. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not good. And I feel like, you know what, as, you know, you have in business where like, a CEO or they'll have like a stockholders meeting, mm-hmm. you know, to explain what the hell is going on, things like that. Like, I feel like sports franchises, sports franchises, franchises should do that for their, for their, for fans. their fans. Like, like we deserve that. We, if we're putting in money, to, bad idea. we're putting in money to support this team. We're paying 
money to, to buy the tickets, buying the merchandise, buying, you know, the, the subscription to the magazines and all this other stuff. We deserve answers. You know, like I deserve Joe Sy to, to come speak, step up to the mic in front of us, mm-hmm. the fans, or at least in a press conference and explain what the hell happened. Why did this shit go left? I need Sean Marks to explain to me why didn't you do anything at the deadline, right? Don't sell me this bullshit like, you know, like, you know, like I, I one of my biggest pet peeves with franchises is like when they do like that bullshit uh, PR release. Mm. When it's not even like the GM or whatever saying, like they might sign it at the bottom, but it's like, oh yeah, Nets released a statement. And it's like, oh, this, 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 and this. I'm like, no, I want you to get in front of the camera and tell me to my face mm. why shit went left. And this is where I'm at right now. And I feel better preventing. Um, Knicks fans, you win this round. I told John before we recorded that uh, tonight would probably be my personal 9-11. Um, and it's looking so, thank God Miles isn't here. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much where we're at. Can't wait to, uh, lose in the play-in. All right, let's get into this, uh, this, uh, Tokyo Revengers. Mm-hmm. You know, this Thorman. Uh, you know, and this is, ep- we did this episode seven and eight, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we did. Uh, it's, cri- it's, it's a crimiton. We are in a church. Let me set the setting for you. Uh, some angry youth and juveniles. Did you intro the segment? Jesus. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, how do we, in- go ahead. Welcome to Weeb Weekly, where we weekly weeb on you. This week's weeb is Tokyo Revengers, Season 2, Christmas Showdown, Episode 7 and 8. Um, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Toman. Toman, where you get your ass kicked. John, take it away. <laughs> wow, that was rough. That was rough. Um, you, you think I know what you be saying on the intros? Yeah, I'm, I usually be on my phone, hence the name, just on his damn phone. You know, <laughs> this is why we need to. <laughs> you know, where do you th- what do you think? Where do you think I was going with that one? We need an HR department. No. Oh, uh oh. What do you? What were you gonna I say? Was, I was gonna say this is why we need to send y'all, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, see this? <laughs> see this? This is his true guy, and these colors are coming out now. See, it's crazy. Now it's y'all. Yeah. Um. For the record, it's eleven twenty-two. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I called it. Um. I'm not even gonna fix the intro. Uh, but yeah, Tokyo Avengers episode seven and eight. Um, I think we can definitely talk about them together. Yeah. Um, but it was. It was, it, it was a lot, man. A lot of stuff. It was fucking good. A I lot mean, of blood. A lot of blood. Um, you know, we, we saw some surprises. You know, in episode seven, we get Mitsuya coming out of nowhere. Um, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nah, it really started with fucking... <laughs> the first thing being Suzia going, thinking she could take home me and get a punch in the face. But the fact that we thought the same thing when they showed her after, and it was like, damn... Bitch looking like Todoroki. Nah, I'm not gonna lie. That might have been one of my best bars since we've like, been watching. I was watching. literally thinking the same thing, and you just said it, and I was like, bro. Yo, I ne- bro, look like she got that's... hit so bad. She looked like Todoroki. Mind you, there's a motherfucker who actually looked like Todoroki. That's a fact, and he definitely wasn't getting hit. Like that shit is fucking nuts. But um, that whole Mitsuya scene, man, where it was full Big Brother Mitsuya, where he was out here, like, leading into, first of all, him just going, yo, you're an older brother, you know you're not, you're never supposed to hit your younger sister. And then, 
ripping his fucking jacket open. <laughs> like, it was like, all right, we all taking our shirts off. <laughs> like, um... Like, it's not cold? It was just... It, it was pure Bronx activities, honestly. Just fighting near in a place you shouldn't be fighting with your shirts off. The only thing missing was uh, some hookah. Yeah. Um, and Dembo music blasting in the background. With an empty Corona case <laughs> on the sidewalk. <laughs> um, But, like, hey, man... Fucking love it to you, bro. My son came in, was out here like, yo, I'm gonna do this. And in the beginning, he was just showing like, like it was a good thing to just show how di- on another level Taiju is. But he was still out here like holding his own compared to what Taiju was doing to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So he was really just like, yo, um, like y'all gotta remember, I'm a captain for a reason too. Like he wasn't getting blown away by all these punches. Then my son Taiju was being like perfect cell, talking about I'm only fighting at seventy percent. Wait, um, really quick, like just. Uh, about the captain thing <laughs> you know the meme it was like it that that goes like harassment versus uh flirting i think so uh, i'm pretty sure yeah, like the flirting versus right like you're like dame dropping 50 versus steph dropping 50 mm-hmm. and like one is like harassment one is like flirting why well, do i always feel like that's the case with like the captain hood in uh toman where it's like yo you got mitsuya who's actually a captain because he actually earns that shit and like founded and he, the the gang and founded the gang and then you have Takamichi. <laughs> Yo, you gotta hold the diamond tested to his captainhood. <laughs> hey, Takamichi, Takamichi did some. He he earned his stripes, not in the same way, <laughs> not, not in the same way. He not earned the same it as anybody. He did it like Eric Spolstra, like he was a video coordinator, and then got promoted. Yeah, but at least Eric Spolstra like won some. He something. proved his worth. Eric Spolstra <laughs> proved his worth. Takamichi, a one trick pony. I'm sorry. He just beats you getting punched in the face. My son's skill is his durability. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> hey, no low management with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Not for nothing. Talking to Mikael we Bridges. <laughs> when we went to the Heat game, Harry went. You know what's really funny? That one security guard that's always by the bench looks like Udonis Haslam. Yes. No, no. We call him Udonis Haslam yeah. all the time. He's and, cool with my dad, but yeah, he's Udonis Haslam. And, Harry looks over and goes, who is that old man on the bench? <laughs> Takamichi just collecting game checks. That's what you're saying? Yo, no, because he actually gets in the game. That's the problem. The problem is just can't even say he's running out there for cardio. Is Tony he's, Snell? No, because at least he's doing something. He's just taking a bunch of, you know, he's the guy that checks in and gets all the foul calls. Like he comes he's in, Powell. he might he, has, be, he averages, he, he averages at least three hits to the face of the game, bro. Like, like, like we joked about on the pod. It's li- like before. It's like every episode is how will Takamichi get his ass kicked this episode? Mm-hmm. And every episode, it doesn't fail. It is somehow, some way, he's getting his ass kicked. It's honestly impressive. Um, but this time has been different, man. Like, like I said, I don't want to get too much to recap things, but like, you know, we see. Uh, the full level of one talking me uh we find out that um chief you called mitia uh, so that's how mitia and chief you end up in the church then all of a sudden the rest of the motherfucking um black dragons are here fucking hit mitia with a pipe now i'm thinking he's dead pause you know we don't really know what's gonna do and we just see hakai standing there and that was really the big thing of most of these episodes was like when is hakai gonna do something everyone's out here trying to help they're out here to protect suzy doing these things and like now Takamichi gonna fucking fight Taiju when when um Mitsuya's already fucked up. Can we like, can we address that for a second though? Like yeah. nobody n- saw him come in the church. Nobody knew he was there. 
No, nobody. Nobody knew he was there in the cut. Everybody was talking for dummy long. Well, they might have been there before. Why? Why would they be there? Because they set it up. All right, all right, all right. We know that Taiju goes into church every Christmas. Yeah. Who told them that? To pray. Well, they, they probably know that. Because that because remember, this wasn't the scene in nope. episode six. Who told them that? That he was going to be in the church? Who told them that? What, Kasaki? Nope. The same dude with the black hair who sat here and said, my information was good, huh? Oh, well, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. That's I know. what I'm saying. So they probably knew that he's he's with the two of them inside. Oh, okay, I see. I see. You know what? I see what you're saying. 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 Yeah. But again, niggas ain't here. Niggas ain't see nothing. They were too I'm, busy in the ass beat. I'm just saying, like, look, I, I get it. Also, where are the clergymen at? How is that church open? And not a single soul's in there. Yo, my guy's picking up whole church pews with, like, one arm and tossing it. First of all, you're disrespecting God. First of all, you're disrespecting God, God's house. That's in itself kind of crazy to me. But you have the nerve to say, God... Forgive me why I gotta kill my why I kill my family. You're a wild boy. I'm not gonna lie. Like, why they, do you give me the toughest tests? Like I really hope you come up to a pastor and and, and the pastor's gonna be like, nah, bro, like you wild. He like, was a full serial killer with that shit, man. He's a vampire, to um, be honest. You see the teeth. <laughs> yeah, uh a lot of it was just like and you know, the three of us um were just kinda like complaining, just like, dude, like he's just really gonna sit here. Um and we see the anxiety, we see, you know, we've mentioned before. Um, about like it's like we, we've seen him have panic attacks and have these reactions and like physical responses to Taiju and all these things um, especially someone of his stature um, and you know leading to episode 8 we find out the secret that he's had all along um, that it was not him protecting Suzia it was Suzia protecting him mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. did you guys see that coming I like see, I, I remembered is, it I didn't think it was that big of a deal bro it was already so obvious. Mm. See, so you kind of felt that way all along? You're, yeah. you're sharper than me, man. I did not pick up on that. Like she was the one getting her ass beat constantly. Wait, what do you mean? He, he no, 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 no. Wait. We, like, we already knew you was a uh, you who was, uh, was like... Suzia. Suzia? Suzia? You who's a... Suzuki? It's a Y something. Oh, okay. But we already knew she was the one getting her ass beat. And How? Even in the church, she was getting her ass beat. And the, yeah, but how'd you know she was getting her ass beat? You mean like when he punched her in the street? Yeah, like between mm. that. Like, she was always the one getting hurt. So you you picked up on the foreshadowing. I guess. I don't I don't even know okay. if I like, thought I just, of it that way. But I just thought they I both would say, were getting beat. I would say, were you not surprised? I was not like, surprised. Okay. And you, I, was, I was, what I was also relieved about was that everybody else didn't think it was a big deal either. Mm-hmm. Because, like, obviously, Taiju's been, like, manipulating them for their entire lives. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't, like, there's there's no reason why Hakai is, like, an asshole for, do, for like, for being in this situation. Wait, no, I thought they, I thought they chastised him for well, it. Well, they chastised him for lying. I mean, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, they were, they weren't making fun of him being in the situation. But that was the other thing, too. Like, I, I sort of, like, remembered and I just wanted the confirmation that it was, like, Suzuha, or Yuzuha was protecting him the whole time. Um another show um but like i i didn't remember that he lied and took all her stories as his own mm -hmm. i just remember it ended up being that but like so so you're saying that you know matt matt was surprised jt you i mean matt wasn't surprised jt you were you were really shocked yeah because like how you letting your your sister 
be taking the beatings. Yeah, I don't like, remember. I mean, I get it. Like that's the old. That's your older sister. I get it. The, the, but like, and remember, she said in the beginning, like she she plays off the age thing immediately. When she finds out, oh, Takamichi's the same age. You have to like talk to me with the honorific. You have to listen to what I say, like those things. So you can tell that she takes age. You know that. Hierarchy no, yeah, no, I get that, but I think it, but there's the, also the, the factor, maybe it's just, you know, like the male, uh, whatever, patriarchy, yeah. whatever. I don't know. I don't know. The, the, you know what I'm talking about. But like the thing of like, all right, like the brother, because he is at that time, at least in the cutscenes, he did look bigger than his sister. Just, you know, stepping yeah, he's up. Always in, been big. He's always been big. So it's just like stepping up and like, all right, him taking the beating. So even though she's the older sister, you know, so I thought like when 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 Taiji was like, oh, let me, uh, I'll tell the secret. I thought it was something like else. Like I, I it definitely wasn't along long lines. Of, like she was the one taking the beatings. Mm -hmm. What that was, I don't really know. Like I, I thought it might have been like something like like maybe he had something to do with like the death of their mom or mm -hmm. or why their dad is never around and that's why shit is kind of going left. Okay. But it definitely wasn't um, that she was the one taking the beatings for him. But that so that kind of caught and definitely caught me off guard. Caught everybody off guard. But it's funny because like. The black dragon people were like, damn, you kind of a bitch ass nigga for that. Whereas the Toman guys were like, damn, like, I get it, but like, you didn't have to lie about yeah, it. Yeah, they were like, you're kind of foul for that, but like, we're all kind of fucked up. So it's yeah. all right. Like, we've all done some, like, even like Mitzi, like, Mitzi had even came to him and was like, yo, like, I literally ran away I from my I two sisters. to you about it. Yeah. yeah like, I, I literally left my two sisters alone in the house by themselves because I just couldn't take it no more. And my mom came back, she hit me, but then she hugged me. So the only way to nurture yeah, anything mom. is with love. Empathy. Empathy. Mm, yeah, I, I think the word of the day, thing. Matt. Um, <laughs> Indeed. Matt, so what do you feel like? Was it just like her actually getting hit? That was what's foreshadowing? Because like I can, you know, looking back and um, even when I was watching, I can kind of go through some of the foreshadowing that led to that, but like kind of led it on a little bit. Um, did you? Do you have any anything that you felt that way in particular? It was just like every every. I mean, I guess there was there weren't that many, but like any interaction where they were all three in the same place, mm. she was the only one standing up to Taiju, mm. and he was just like quivering in the corner. That's fair. He was quivering. Um, but yeah, like, like JT, like the points Matt's making there, but also um, notice how quick Taiju was to accept uh, Mitsuya's offer, right? Uh, notice how he was. All the time, she's like, oh, you don't know, huh? Like, you really think that's what's going on? Um, and obviously, it leads on to it could give that possibility, but when you tie it all together. But, like, it, it's just interesting about all of it. And, like, it, it's hindsight's twenty twenty, so it's nice to look at it from that perspective of just like, oh, okay, damn, all these shits that I didn't necessarily pick up on. But, um, hey, man, Takamichi did the one thing he can do and take a bunch of damage and try to inspire the troops and all that shit. And he kind of did it, but it was pretty fucking bleak, bro. It was pretty bleak. Um, it still is pretty bleak. Well, maybe not the end of episode eight, but um, it's like for them to hit that point. I love when he goes, "Y'all can't run from here. Like the army's outside. Like all the black dragons outside." Yeah, Mission Chance. Taka, Takamichi looked at them like, "Who the fuck was leaving? We the beating you or we dying in here, bro?" And yeah, it was gonna, a that's gonna be a hard thing to explain to the church. Why are there three dead? <laughs> 13 year olds in my clerk four my, why are there four dead 13 year olds um <laughs> in my church and why are the pews broke <laughs> he tried to like and it's just funny because you know takamichi be talking to do to that shit 
Um, <laughs> and he tried to do that shit a couple times, but Taiji was not having it and just kept washing him to the point where they're like, Chiefie was like, yo, you're actually going to die this time. Like, you need to you need to just stand nigga down. Should've, nigga should have been dead. I don't understand how he hasn't doesn't have facial fractures or nothing. I mean, he probably do. And he's still standing? It don't make no sense. I mean, it definitely doesn't make sense. Power but outside pen. of power of the pen, like, <laughs> adrenaline can do a lot and get people through a lot of scenarios. Is he getting you through that? John, you getting through that scenario? Me personally? I don't know. <laughs> I already know off that first, off that first Taiju punch, I'd have been done. You know what? Like this, fa- this family business. I don't know. <laughs> like you said, this man was hitting him so hard, there was fucking reverberations that in the atmosphere. Was, bro, that's some shit you really only see in like, like, them like crazy fighting, fighting anime. enemies, like Dragon Ball Z or some shit like that. I not that you would know. Not that I would know, but I've heard Streets was saying, that's some shit. I seen, I seen that shit. One Punch Man shit. Bro, I seen that shit in a Kame God Kill, and them niggas really had superpowers, so. Eesh. So it, it's it's kind of wild, but um, I do think that we got a good thing of the endearing side again of Takamichi of the, you know, like, he's making a good point where he was talking about, like, you know, when um, Hakai is like, what, you can't change anything. Like, you're too weak. What are you doing? What's the point in all this? And he was like, nah, like, it, not changing like, you're worrying about not changing isn't the hard part. Where he was, like, fighting back isn't the hard part. It's, like, being alone because you didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's not going to say because you didn't. He was just like, yo, being alone is the fucking hard part. I understand that. You're not alone type shit. Which I don't agree with at all because, bro, I promise you, being alone is much better <laughs> than having my face readjusted with fists. Um, yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but hey man, it was it was really cool and like it, it really leans in and like you see that moment where after breaking through he finally ends up hitting Taiju and it causes Taiju to stagger and everyone has that moment where even though the dudes are like, Oh shit, like he really did something. And I don't think he did much anyway. I think it was just, you know, his other injuries sort of getting to him, the fact that he was stabbed. Mm-hmm. Um uh getting to him after a bit, but a lot of t- a lucky punch is a real thing. He might have just hit a sweet spot a little bit. Um but like it was that moment where they're just like, yo, he he broke through, and the fact that even just for the rest of them, like the the other black dragons, to be like, yo, he really, he actually hit him and made him drop to a knee. Like, it wasn't like, oh, he let him hit him. Um, and he was finally getting some respect in that regard. And you know, they have a moment where they're like, yo, like, our, our captain's still a captain. He does some cool shit. He might not be able to fight like the rest of us, but like, he'd be busting his ass in his own ways. So I thought that was cool. Uh, and of course, it finishing with fucking, yo, the, <laughs> that's Omar's, Omar coming, bro. That is so tough. Niggas, niggas, literally just hear the bike and like, oh What's shit. Up? I thought he was hallucinating, bro. That's Mikey CB two fifty T. Like what? Nigga, and the niggas heard that from like he wasn't even like right outside. He was like when you when they cut to the camera, mm. he was still at least like two blocks away. Yeah, but most likely it's loud. It's loud, but like damn. But it's interesting though. Because yeah. the scene, I, I forget it, well, whether it was uh, episode seven or eight, when it's uh, Mikey and Draken. Draken, and they're, you know, and, and it's snowing and whatever, and Draken's like, yo, bro, I'm trying to go home. It's cold as a mug out here. It's brick dickles. Mm-hmm. And Mikey's like, mm, you know, I mean, I don't know. We just out here vibing, riding. Yeah, but Mikey also said in that scene, he was like, was that Mitya's bike weird? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I doubt it, man. He's probably with the family. Mm-hmm. Like, so... Mikey had to go check it out. Mind you, right? This is at the this at the time when niggas think Mikey's sweet. They think he's low. They mm-hmm. don't think he's that they guy. He's weak right now. But what's crazy is we saw that giant ass Nazi army outside mm-hmm. the church, right? 
Mikey pulled up on the bike, Dolo. Next scene, he's walking in to the church unscathed. Mm-hmm. How he get past all them niggas? We're going to find out next episode. Is he like that? You don't think he? You don't think Mikey's like that? I mean, that? I think he's like that, but damn, there's a whole army outside. There's at least 100 niggas. The one that's never stopped him before. I'm in the club with 100,000 niggas. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... I get it. We've seen Mikey kick some ass, but at the same time, John, I be saying this on every episode, on every on every pod, every fighting thing, whatever. When when you have a numbers advantage, bro, there's just one of him. Just just jump him. Yeah, but usually when you fucking you take out like 10, 20 of them, everyone starts like, I don't know if it's a good idea. That, and that's the problem. That's the problem. Just literally, just jump him. There's only he only got two arms. He got two legs. Mikey don't even use his arms like that for real. He got one head. Right, that so, you've seen. That I've seen. That I hope to only see. All right? There's like, uh, yeah, there's like a hundred of them. I get this nigga strong as hell. At some point, you got to just realize logically and realistically, you got the numbers advantage. 20 should do it. You, you're you nobody, remember, you're leaving out human emotion. There's 13. Exactly. What? No, He's, I thought Black, Black Dragon is older. Yeah, okay, there's 16. Huh. That nigga's not caring. See, that's the problem. Carrying See, what? It's Japan. Little, little uh, pocket knife. Little box cutter. You know? Little, little something. Japan, Kisaki had ones. Um, well, it's looking you, like the Bronx right now, John. What are you guys uh, <laughs> looking forward to seeing next week? Or what are, you, what are you feeling about next episode? I'm looking forward to Mikey kicking Taiju's ass. Yeah? And by kicking Taiju's ass, you mean a lot of blood running from his nose, face, eyes, and ears? <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> I... Damn, we didn't even talk about the fact that Hakai finally, you know, after telling everyone how they really feel and being accepted, he finally stood up and started fighting. I still have no respect. At this point, I have no respect for Hakai. This man is uh, literally just sat there motionless for two and a half episodes. And finally, it took this nigga, Takamichi, literally, his brain matter is on the floor right now. No, you even said it when we were watching it. He got woken up because Takamichi's blood hit him. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yo, well, I mean, no that, way. I, I mean, Taiju <laughs> hit him with the worst combo out of all, though. That was tough. Though. That was when Taiju started crying and said, I have to kill both my siblings. I gotta kill both these niggas. I think, I said this in the beginning, uh, Hakai was a character that I really liked. I still feel that way, but, you know, it is interesting. Like, as much as we can, like, and it, it's completely valid for us to all kind of feel how we felt. Where it's like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Stand up, your sister's there, your, your, your man, your man them is there. Like, what are we doing? Um, but you could still understand of, He's still a kid. He is still like 14 years old who is emotionally scarred and manipulated by his father figure and his brother. His real father figure's not there. He got no mom. Um, and was out for by his sister. The parents? So well, the mom's dead. The dad's away on business. That's why I be saying, John, I be telling you, yo, these so, these Japanese uh, animes are a lot closer to black culture than you think. It's an awful lot of business. These single parent households. Hey, you know, business is just a fancy word for cigarettes and milk. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> damn it, where's Miles? I know Miles would have appreciated that. Oh man! <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, I do think it was still like it kind of showed that you know even in this scenario, like the way to actually get him to get past it was just to show that his weakness was okay. Um, and it's like same shit that like. You know, I used to say it a lot more when I was, you know, working in the school and stuff like that. But it's like, I tell people all the time, like, there's nothing wrong with being weak. 
but there's something wrong with staying weak like everyone has to start somewhere and i feel like that was his moment of just everyone going yeah like that was pretty fuck like talking to said too he was like that was pretty lousy but like i'm pretty lousy too like we're all pretty fucking lousy like we all do some other shit and i think um missy was saying the big thing he was like yeah but like my, i shouldn't have preached to you when i feel that way like a lot and that was freaking nuts where like he's talking about his mom said i'm sorry for doing this to you like one that would never fucking happen especially if you your parent is a person of color that would never happen if your mother has melanin i know you haven't heard the word sorry yeah, you, before. You never at least sorry. Pa- at least past the age of like yeah. 21 <laughs> You, you ain't never heard sorry and even then you may not even get it um but like even just for like we're talking about a mother who was a single mother with multiple kids having to have like acknowledge of the older sibling as a parent sort of thing like that's that's a big thing mm-hmm. um and like for that to be acknowledged here and for him to be like yeah like as much as i sat here and said you know he dropped another bar before where he you know in the first scene where he's talking about like don't curse the life that was given to you mm-hmm. um and it was like, yeah, bro, like it, it's tough. And he made it through. And I feel like that was a big thing of just being being able to show to Hakai that's like, yeah, just because you're so good at everything else, your physical specimen, your all of these things doesn't mean that you, you have to be like that in every way or all the time. Like you're human, you make mistakes, but like don't just fucking wallow in them shits. You know? You're here. All right. You guys got anything else? Um, no, it's just how they get out of the situation is going to be interesting. Obviously, we're going to see Mikey probably kick some ass. But at the at this point, though, the future is still technically safe because uh, the sister didn't technically kill Taiju, which means Hakai did not doesn't have to cover for her. And Hakai doesn't kill him either. And Hakai doesn't kill him either. So now it's like, all right, we're getting to the point where either we're walking at it. Someone's. I feel like at some. I feel like someone's definitely going to die though. Taiju did. De- Taiji might die. They they hit that point where he says, um, yo, Hakai didn't say kill him this time. He said beat his ass. So Yeah, I don't know. I just don't I just don't see how they walk out of this church with with everyone. Without somebody, whether it's on the Black Dragon side or Tolman's side, I just don't know how they walk out of this church with nobody leaving a body bag. Mm. Okay. Cause I feel like like if you don't I don't know. I just I feel like if you don't piece up Taiju, he's gonna come back for revenge. And that's not, not confident a, in the ability. That's to piece not up a taiju. nigga I want to have seeking revenge and having an actual reason mm. uh, to come after me. So, yeah, I, I think you gotta. But at the same time, a lot of these gangs, like the moment that um, the leader gets taken out, the rest of them are just like, yeah, just like homie said. He's like, I don't really give a shit about Taiju. I just go with whoever's the strongest homie with the black hair that's true that's true that's true so you know cut the head off the snake and taiju taiju by himself isn't that he's still a fucking menace but if you if you washed him once and he ain't got no one else back in him you know this is through i also need to see what the hell happened to bitch ass kisaki i see i told y'all niggas i told y'all he was on some bullshit y'all didn't want to believe me uh and what's his face that's with him that was also part of valhalla Hanma, I did like, I mean, I, I know I wasn't here, but I did like how at the end of episode six, when they were like, oh yeah, we betrayed him. Um, he was like, oh damn, this is the end of the Hanmas. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's what we went with for the team name. Yeah. Uh, but yep. Excited for more blood, more carnage, uh, more screams and more long ass conversations where, where the person they're fighting is waiting in the background. 
I, I love how they acknowledge it. They're like, dude, how long do we have to wait? <laughs> like, wrap it, wrap it being, up. <laughs> imagine being so confident that you're about to beat these people up that y'all will like, take your time. We ain't, we ain't in a rush. As, Taiji was literally doing that uh, before even the other Black Dragons people came. He was mm-hmm. just sitting there watching their monologue like, hmm, all right. I really just want to know how much time is passed. Um, but that's it for We Weekly. Uh, if you guys are not watching Avengers, I don't know what the fuck y'all doing. But we'll be covering next week's episode, episode nine as well on the pod. Um, and no ABC this week. Uh, yeah, we just, it, it just wasn't happening today, y'all. Um, but we will be back with Boshi the Rock episode seven through nine for next week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Um, Jesus most likely more, most likely look like someone like me. We'll catch y'all next week. I got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down. Cause I got ice in my veins. I talk like a champion, like a champion.